like it's gonna be hard because you're gonna be around people who are constantly doing well who are like pushing raising the stakes and exceeding the bar so it's just sort of like being able to sit down with yourself and understand like why you're doing this also figuring out like a plan of action to take this is francesca from the smart growth rocket podcast by topclassedge.com more people than ever are making big leaps to their goals carving their own paths, and being really successful in the process. And on this show, I talk to these bright, shiny, successful professionals and entrepreneurs to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies they're taking advantage of so we can all be happier and wealthier. All right, Smart Growth Rocket, I am really excited because today I have a treat for you. I have Genevieve Aguigua with us here. Genevieve is in mechanical engineering at the University of Toronto. She's absolutely fabulous. She's also the president of the National Society of Black Engineers at U of T. So without further ado, Genevieve, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and saying hi to the audience today? Hi, hi, everyone. Yes, so as mentioned, I'm currently a third year student at the University of Toronto, currently studying mechatronics and manufacturing as more specified area of my uh, degree. I'm currently the president of the National Society of Black Engineers, which is like a student-led organization in North America with most of its uh, chapters in like the U.S. So a few chapters in Canada. So under the University of Toronto chapter, but there's like there are many others across uh, Ontario specifically. I enjoy reading and I enjoy actually playing a lot with electronics, given that I am interested in mechatronics and I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So Genevieve, you just wrapped up a round of exams, as I recall. How did that go? <laughs> it went really well. Uh, this I always get the warning, like, you know, when you talk to upper years and they let you know what to expect each year. And it was just sort of like the warning that third year is always going to be a bit rough. Like that's where you do a lot of the practical things and also still learning a bit of the key concept that you can actually apply. So just a bit of balancing, still understanding the concept and learning how to apply on a higher level. But overall, like it's still been a great experience. Like now courses are more specified into what I like. So like most of my classes are more enjoyable. Unlike before, it was just foundational things that foundational and general knowledge. Okay. So I heard that I don't know if it's third year or maybe fourth year. One of the years is designated for co-op placements, internships, things like that. Yeah. So yeah, we do have a co-op program and it's actually for 16 months technically, but it's just usually going to be the year after your third year. And then if you want to include the summer, so it would be like September to September after your third year. But then you could also include May to September, like the summer right after your third year. So it's like in a total of 16 months, depending on uh, what placements you get and like how many places you, you get. But you have that period of that whole gap to like get as much practical experience as you'd like, work with many uh, companies or just decide to work one year with one or 16 months with one company depends on, you know, the what you're more interested in and like the breadth of the exposure that you're looking to get. Oh, that's really cool. So in terms of a strategy, is there a strategy towards getting these types of placements or getting the types of placements that you want? Or is it more, does the university decide where you get into? Do you have any say in it? Or how does that process go uh, if you were to explain it to anyone who's interested in pursuing the same thing as you are? It really depends on you and your path. The path you take will be very different from some of your other peers. And for example, if you're looking to get a 16 month, then unlike um, most people who are looking to get like the four months internship, maybe you start applying literally the summer before the 
before the starting date like you or at least maybe six to six months to like eight months before your preferred starting starting date because so third year even yeah so basically oh. like you need to start as early like we literally start applications the either the summer so people start the summer before third year begins or some people start the fall before third year begins and that's because wow. like uh, getting those positions especially from those bigger companies is a lot more difficult so you have to start early you have to like hit the applications and apply to many jobs as possible and then those who are looking for four months or like shorter term i think those people begin to start like maybe winter or early like january to start applying for those positions because like that's where more of them comes out and like and, and overall it even depends on what you're looking for so if you're looking for a tech roles like most of your application or most of your applying should have happened in like fall but if you're looking for a heavy engineering role or you're looking for like maybe automotive, for example, or like project management, you might not be able to see much until January because that's when most of the like, engineering jobs like post their availabilities for like May moving oh. forward. So it really depends on like which industry you're looking to get into and then how long of a placement you're looking to um, secure. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't realize there were so many different complexities to consider. Have you already started your application process? I personally want to get as many internship within my uh, one 16 months off. So I actually have been starting just to like gauge the availabilities in the market, like on the job markets in September. But I didn't start applying until like November, December, because that's when I was beginning to see more of like the positions that I was interested in. But after talking to a lot of employers and I, and even meeting with some of them, like knowing that getting that, you know, assurance that the key positions or even some of like positions I'm looking at wouldn't even be posted until like January. So it's like mm. I've now I understand what's in the market. I've got some practice with interviews. So when I'm actually seriously applying and looking to get positions, then I've really got, got into that practice and then the whole application process is a lot smoother for me. That's such a good lesson, you know, especially for any of the, our students who are listening and our under, undergraduates or even high schoolers who are tuning in. When you say you got a little bit of practice beforehand, you've been uh, on the hunt, you've been looking at job boards or whatever since what, February, you said even? Yeah. That's the kind of uh, proactive mindset that is great to encourage for uh, the next batch of engineers, right? It's so important yeah. to take a look at this stuff in advance and not wait last minute so that you don't cheat yourself out of the great yeah. opportunities. So I love that. I love that a lot. Speaking of, or I guess going backwards a little bit, what was it that inspired you or made you decide, oh, you know, I really want to do mechanical engineering and more specifically mechatronics? So yeah, I think it speaks more to sort of like my interest in childhood. So I would be the type of person to try and fix things, especially broken uh, old toys and electronics. So like I would take apart an old music box that my mom gave me and stopped working. So I just wanted to like bring it back to life or check whether like what was up with like the gearbox system. I didn't know it was called a gearbox, but that was what I experienced at the time. And it's just being able to understand like how each component worked together. It really fascinated me. But I think the main deciding factor was just like I like doing things hands on. And also the fact that I recently learned like back in my elementary school days, like I learned how the bike chain system worked. And I know like a, com a couple of kids who were a bit younger than me had an issue with their bike and didn't didn't know how to get it work. Like, you know, I stepped in and like basically the chain fell off the, like the rack and I was able to put it back on. And it just seemed like that joy from the kids' face, just that reinsurance and that happiness that came with, you know, my th thing is no longer broken, it's fixed. That gave me a lot of joy and like made me realize 
that you know this is something that I actually enjoy doing and you know problem solving solving problems for people is where I get like most of my energy and passion from so this is something that I'm looking to do I got into high school and I found out that there's a whole field of engineering and then physically make a mechanical engineering like I get to actually physically touch components and work with them right is that unique to mechatronics where you get to have hands-on experience with pieces of parts as opposed to other types of engineering where you're not doing hands-on as much? I would say mechatronics is unique in not the fact that you're doing hands-on because you could do hands-on in civil engineering, you could do hands-on okay. in electrical. I think mechatronics is just unique, whereas you're the jack of all trades. Like you can, you're basically oh. good in mechanical engineering like some some key fundamentals of mechanical engineering and then you know a bit of electrical engineering and then you also know a bit of the programming so like your job as mechatronics is wow. being able to integrate like the three together so mechatronics is actually very general just being able to integrate it all together and like seeing things on like a higher level a higher order of schemes is like what makes mechatronics unique as opposed to like being an expert in just you know mechanical engineering or just being thoroughly like a hardware person in electrical engineering or like completely software and then computer engineering. So you could work at a, like a Tesla or something like that as a mechatronics engineer or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. That's so cool. Is there a, like a dream company? Is there a dream gig? Anything like that? For me, like a biggest thing I'm looking at is like project engineering or design engineering. Like I just like working on the higher level and like kind of seeing everything and looking at like conceptual so to execution. So I would say like being able to work in a startup is really uh, something that I look wow. at. But I would say like for sure, like I do have a dream company and that being Tesla actually is uh, is something that like, I'm really working towards. Like if I can get a position in either design engineering or even like project management at Tesla, like that would just be amazing for me. That's wild. That would be wild. Would you have to go down to the States? It depends on which side of automotive you're looking to get into because uh, in Canada, they are they actually recently opened a battery manufacturing plant in Markham, actually 2021, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty new. So like they, they are manufacturing and gigger stations that are in Canada but if you're looking to do more so car design and like actually working on building the cars together then you have to look into like going to the states or elsewhere but if you just like okay, you want to start a Tesla and like maybe do battery design then yeah there are availabilities here in Ontario specifically. Well Genevieve I'm looking to you for well my dream come true in a car which is yeah. a car that drives itself so I'm I want yeah. the self like full-on automatic it drives itself I press <laughs> a button I tell it okay take me to I don't know downtown Toronto and it just does it for me I can Literally. lay back and fall asleep so <laughs> if you can get that done <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I would definitely love that because that's literally the one reason why I'm like not even driving because like yeah. my commute is very far to downtown. My dad's like, oh, you can get a car. But I'm like, the thing is like when you're in a subway, you can actually do any mm -hmm. other stuff. But like you're in a car, you literally have to focus on driving. So if self-driving is a thing, then I wouldn't mind commutes and stuff like that. Like I could just sit in the car and then it takes me where I need to go. That's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, National Society of Black Engineers, University of Toronto uh, chapter. So you are the president, which is incredible. So tell us a little bit more about what the society does and what are some of the initiatives and what got you interested in all this? I started as a first year representative, just looking to connect uh, with people, especially during pandemic times. So trying to get first years involved with the upper years and also sort of to build a 
just to build community overall and get to know people. And then from then, I came into the second year trying to look for opportunities for individuals who are looking to break into tech and technology and engineering, specifically people who are visual minorities and underrepresented in those spaces. So then that really ties into a lot of what uh, the mission of Nesby is, which is to increase the number of culturally responsible Black engineers who like excel professionally and like succeed academically and also give back to the community. So it's a lot of trying to, first of all, increase representation of visual minorities, specifically Black individuals in engineering and tech spaces, which is a big issue that we see as we build our career path and try to get break into an industry. And then also aside from that, like create a cycle of giving back to the community and, you know, increasing the amount of people who are looking to pursue engineering and STEM overall, and also looking to then help cultivate their community that they came from or like the, the people who sort of like supported them or who they resonate with the most so it's just building support for visual minorities but and especially black individuals was also creating awareness of sort of like the issues that we face or sort of like the underlining barriers that they'd have to we have to go through in order to like succeed or even be on the same level as most of our peers. So it has like a lot of social justice connotation to it, a focus of, you know, STEM and engineering. That's amazing. Going back to, let's say your your engineering classes and thinking about yeah. those, what would you say if you had to pick one, what would be the mm-hmm. toughest class? I would say for sure toughest class is calculus, calculus three. You have to have a lot of patience, but then a lot of discipline to actually try and understand the concept and get enough practice so that you're not confused and it's just like it builds up on top of each other i think it is the foundation to most of like the calculations that you do so mm-hmm. being able to understand that and understand sort of like how they came up with the derivations and all of that it's a lot of work and i haven't met anyone who like cruised through calculus three. like it's <laughs> it's like people thought calculus one was bad until they took calculus three and then they're like no this is this is really yeah, bad. <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> okay so calculus three is the toughest class do you engineers or do engineering students, I guess, also have to take breadth requirements. So I know with the with life sciences, most uh, the majority of our courses were well, life sciences related, but we also mm-hmm. had to take what was called breadth requirements where we had to do, mm-hmm. let's say, a social sciences or a humanities to round out our degree. Is that something that applies to you as well? We end up taking a lot of, for example, we take some natural science and then we also take some business courses. So we have like economics in third year. We take that. We take statistics. And then I think the key thing is to like make our courses more diverse. But I'll say the most that finds its way into like our programs and courses is typically business. So engineering business, it's a, it's a thing itself. So it's like not business as it would be thought in, you know, if you were to be in Rotman or if you were to be taking a business program but just sort of like business and the engineering perspective like being able to learn how to like manage costs learn how to uh. create like so- like material selection, all of that just to ensure that you know other outside requirements or constraints are met so that's why there's like that business aspect into engineering wow on average again for all of our engineering hopefuls on average how long do you or does the average mechatronics engineering students study let's say in a week or in a day would you say ideally you should be studying every day and already like classes would be 30 hours a week depending on like your course load but then like on top of that it's like you have homework and assignments to do and that's not even like studying itself I would say in an ideal world 60 should be enough it depends on also how competent you are with the subject that you're studying and how much extra work that you might need so 60 is like like yeah just like a good 
benchmark, but it's typically more than or could be less if if your brain understands things to like a different level, then you could be lucky and don't need like 60 per week. What advice or suggestions would you give to our our engineering hopefuls, especially those who maybe they're a minority, maybe they're underrepresented, mm-hmm. uh, or anyone who feels like, man, I don't really see myself in, in this field, or I don't see people like me in this field necessarily. What would you say to them? I would say a big advice is like it's going to be hard because you're going to be around people who are constantly doing well, who are like pushing, raising the stakes and exceeding the bar. So it's just sort of like being able to sit down with yourself and understand like why you're doing this and deciding whether it is it's worth it and then also figuring out like a plan of action to take so like if you're going to decide that your path in this is going to be different because like you know this is your reason why you're studying engineering and this is like I think you're willing to not follow the traditional path like I feel like if you're pursuing engineering you need to be prepared that there is no like defining way to complete a degree and like move into your career everyone has different paths and like being open to understanding what you're what how much you're willing to push yourself and like how much you can actually handle so like understanding okay fine like the degree may be five years and that would mean you know having six courses each semester but am I open to like reducing my coursework and picking like maybe five courses instead and you know maybe coming back for an extra summer course just to have like sanity and to preserve your mental state and I would say and also another important thing is understanding what you're really passionate about because the best way to keep moving or keep pushing forward is having things that helps you generate energy because sometimes you may find yourself doing things you don't always like you don't always enjoy so you need to know what you do enjoy so that you can do those things at the same time and balance off or balance off like the amount of times you're doing things you don't like and things you do like so you actually do get motivated and still like push on each day Versus like just just isolating yourself to school and like not doing any extracurriculars or just dropping art completely because you know I mean university now so I can't do art anymore like you no know, still keep that like those hobbies or those passions are really important for periods of times where like you may not feel like even continuing doing what like studying or participating in like what you thought was for you and what you and what you thought is supposed to bring you joy so it's just kind of like understanding that and like being open to to change amazing so making sure that you're clear on your why keeping those passions and interests alive uh, for your own sanity for balance and finding your own definition of balance whatever that looks like for you and just pushing through sometimes right yeah exactly like no one everyone has a different path so stop looking to other people and just try to focus on you and see what works for you Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Genevieve. If if people can or want to learn more about, let's say, the National Society of Black Engineers, or if people want to, um, I don't know, reach out and learn more about what you do, is there any way to go ahead and find more info? For the National Society of Black Engineers, you can just go on uh, Google, search up nsbe.org, or just search up NSBE UFT, for example. And I'm very sure you see things come up. You see a website, it goes deep into initiative. We host like hackathons and conferences, something that we host continuously. We also have an Instagram, just NSBE, and you probably see NSBE UFT, you'd find something. I'm most recently on uh, LinkedIn. So like, I'm happy for anyone to reach out to like connect or learn more, or ask more about my experiences. And we'll have all of that information in the description. So not to worry if you want to reach out or if you want to learn more, we'll have that ready for you in the description. 
Thanks for listening to Smart Growth Rocket. If you feel like you're enjoying these podcasts and that you're benefiting, I would absolutely love your support. Feel free to share, like, comment, or continue listening wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Until next time, to your success. Thank you.